Before we begin our, announce, uh, our lesson this morning, we just received word that Brother Jeff Strachner's father passed away this morning, Sammy Strachner, down in Florence, Alabama. They just left here a little while ago, and they're on their way down there to be with the family. We do not know any details, but please remember that family. Would you bow with me in prayer, please? Heavenly Father, we're thankful that we can come in your presence in times of good times and times of bad times and when we need your help and strength. Father, we just learned that Brother Jeff's father has passed away this morning down in Alabama. We ask you to be with that good family. Be with Jeff and Vicki as they travel down there and keep them in safety. Watch over the rest of that good family as they have this time of mourning that's come upon them so drastically. Please supply them with your love and your blessings and your care. Help them as our brothers and sisters and your children to look to you for guidance as we know they will. Guard over them and watch them carefully and bring them back to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. also want to announce this morning that uh, Sylvia and I will be leaving immediately after our service this morning. We're going up to Knoxville to the Southeast Institute of Biblical Studies for their annual lectureship. And so we'll, we won't be here tonight and we'll be back coming home Tuesday night. So please keep us in your prayers while we're away from you. It's a big rock there, isn't it? The Rock of Gibraltar. You've heard the expression, something is as solid as the Rock of Gibraltar. That rock is 1,398 feet above sea level, up from the sea, up above the sea, in the eastern part of Spain. It's got more than 100 caves in it, the people tell us. This rock has experienced floods, high tides, waves and winds throughout all the years. And it has not moved. It is firm. It is fixed. It is solid. It is sound. The rock of Gibraltar is not going to move. It's going to stay right there till this world comes to an end. As children of God, we need to be like the rock of Gibraltar. We live in a world that's taken over by Satan. He wants to do everything he can to tear us away from the will of God and to follow him and do his will in our lives. Therefore, we're all subject to temptations and problems and difficulties and challenges every day of our lives. We must decide, I'm going to be like that rock right there. I am not going to move. I will stand. I will not let Satan do anything to me. Now, he's going to challenge me. He's going to tempt me. He's going to try me. He's going to give me all kinds of problems in my life. He's trying to pull me from the safety and security I have in my sound Christian living. But I have this solid rock on which I will stand. Now, last night today, I want to study about that remain, the idea of conception of remaining solid in our Christianity. Unwillingness to be moved. I think it's interesting, the Greek language, when you see the word sound, it comes a word from a word that means sensible. It just makes sense. I didn't realize that's what the meaning was in the Greek language. It just makes sense to want to do God's will. Because God's will is right. It's perfect. It always has been and always will be. And that idea of sound carries with it the concept of I'm not going to be weak. 
I'm not going to be frail. I'm not going to be an invalid. I'm not going to be senseless. God has supplied me and you with the resources that we need to be successful against Satan. To stand firmly on the truth of the will of God. I will value things that have worth and value in my life coming from the word of God. Therefore, I will be able to withstand what Satan may do to me. Christians in this world today, we need to be challenging ourselves to sound living. Point number one in our lesson this morning, a sound child of God will have a sound mind. A sound mind. A mind that is sensible, that's solid. Look at me in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7. Most of all our references will be here in the New Testament. All of them will be in the New Testament today, hopefully in the, in the epistle areas. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7. Incidentally, 2 Timothy is the last book that Paul wrote near the end of his life by inspiration of God. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. God has given us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. We need to focus ourselves and our hearts and our minds on God's word because that's where we get the strength. The psalmist said, Thy word is a lamp into my feet. And a light in my path. This is where I gain the strength that I need. And the courage and the knowledge that I need. To correct, to live my life in a correct way. Following the sound will of God. I will focus my mind therefore on learning God's will. And making practical everyday application of it in my life. I will make the decision that I will make wise choices. And wise decisions. Based not on what I think or feel or what might be right. But basing on Though my thoughts on what I know is right from the word of God. I will have a sound mind. This disease that I've got is starting to affect my mind. And I don't remember things like I used to. The doctor says it's going to get worse. But I want to continue focusing my life on having a sound mind with God's word. As the lead in my life. Directing me in the right direction. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5. Very familiar verse to you. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. What kind of mind did he have? Verse number 7. He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross as a man, but he knew it was God's will. And his mind was so focused on doing the will of God, he would not change his will. He would follow the will of God. I need that mindset in my life today. Regardless of whatever Satan may cast against me in this world, I have decided that I will live 
the way Jesus wants me to live. My mind will be sound. And I will focus every day on doing the way that God wants me to do and live my life that way. I will keep my mind sound, focused on things that really matter. We've got a lot of trivial things going on around us in this world, and we have to be a part of those things. I understand that. But there'll come a time that this world won't be here when I won't be here, but my soul will still be in the holding the hand of God. And I need my mind focused on that all the time. Number two, a sound Christian always uses sound speech. Look with me in Titus chapter 2, verse number 8. Titus chapter 2, verse number 8. Titus there says, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Sound speech does not deviate from the truth. Sound speech is always good and healthy. Sound speech is always accurate. Sound speech is always like God would say it. You've heard that expression, WWJD, what would Jesus do? I want to add a new one for you today. WWJS. What would Jesus say? That WWJD, when I make a decision about should I do this or should I not do it? I think, what if Jesus was standing here beside me? What would he do? Then that's what I want to do. You've heard the expression, be sure brain is in gear before putting mouth into motion. We need to do that with our speech, don't we? If Jesus were standing here right with me, right by my side right now, what would I say? I would want to say what Jesus says. That goes outside the church building, doesn't it? That goes into the school, in the community, to the workplace. We hear all kinds of bad language all the time, and our television sets are getting worse and worse and worse about some of the words they use. We cannot let those influence or pull us away from God's will. WWJS, what would Jesus say? Then I know that that's what I need to say in my life when I speak anything. Let us learn to speak like Jesus did. In our public speaking, when I'm a preacher, of course I'm going to say like Jesus said, but what about in my private speech? When I'm just talking to me or one or two other people. Am I speaking like Jesus would speak? With kindness and love and truth that Jesus would use? I should find my speech just like Jesus. No exceptions, anytime, anywhere, or in any set of circumstances. Turn with us to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. 2 Timothy 1, verse number 13. There Paul says, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. What he's saying is, do not let, control, go, let go of the control of your words. You mothers, 
you've had a little child and you're just learning to walk, maybe take that child to the mall or the grocery store or somewhere like that, you don't let that child go wherever he wants to. You hold his hand, don't you? You hold it firmly. He knows that mother is taking him in the right direction and leading him the right way. And that's where he wants to be. You and I need that with our mouths, don't we? Holding fast. The English Standard Version there says, follow the pattern of sound words. You know what a pattern is. You follow the pattern to get the correct answer or the right product. So it is with our words. Follow the pattern of sound words in our lives. James says this way in James chapter 5, verse number 12. He said, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Bill, when you say yes, you better mean yes. When you say no, you mean no. Case closed, sentence ended. We live in a world that's trying to twist us, our minds and our thoughts and everything away from the world. And you've noticed the devaluation of speech in our common language today in the past few years more so than any other time I've ever lived in my life. The number of people who use slang and filthy words much higher than it was many years ago. In God's name being taken in vain so frequently. Do you realize, listen to these words, G, G whiz, G's. They're profanations of the Word of God, aren't they? Gosh, golly, profanations of God's name. And I won't even get to the vulgar part. But Christians don't need to use words like that. We speak words that are meaningful, they're sound in thought and definition. And when you and I are reading the study of the Word of God and we were teaching the Word of God, let us always remember that God's Word is perfect. It's always right and correct. God's Word cannot be wrong. Think about that. It cannot be wrong. And that leads me to part number three in our lesson this morning. A sound Christian will teach sound doctrine. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. I charge ye therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick, the living, and the dead, as appearing in his kingdom, preach the word... Be constant, instant, out of season, in season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they shall not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, their own ideas and thoughts and desires, shall heap to, them teach, to themselves teachers having itching ears. Tell me what I want to hear. Just give me the good stuff. That's all I want in religion. Let me ask you this. Who is it that's smart enough or brilliant enough or perfect enough to want to change God's Word? The perfect Creator who wrote exactly, precisely what He wanted. 
And I think that I can change that and make it better. No, every change I make to the Word of God is detrimental. It shows little respect for the Word of God. Therefore, I will teach the Word. How could you make God's Word more perfect? What could you add to it? Not a thing. What could you take from it to make it more perfect? Not a thing. What changes could you make to make it more perfect? Not a thing. It is exactly what God wanted us to say. Oh, by the way, changing God's Word is exactly what caused problems in this world. The first time God's Word is ever questioned, Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1, in the Garden of Eden, Satan came to Adam and he said, Did God say... Uh, yes, he did. Thou shalt eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden except this one. In the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. They understood every one of those words, didn't they? Satan just added one word. You shall not surely die. And you know what happened after that. Talking about sound doctrine. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 verse 8. After Jesus, he, Jesus said to his disciples. Who do men say that I the son of man am? And they talked about different things. And Peter said. Thou art the Christ. The son of the living God. In verse 18. Peter said. Blessed art thou Simon son of Jonah. For flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you. But my father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock, this foundation, I am the Son of God, I will build, what's the next word? My church. The word my is possessive. The church belongs to Christ. The second word was church, singular, not plural. This is my watch. This is my ring. This is my tie. This is my ear. You understand those things, don't you? Not, it's not hard to understand at all. Jesus said, I will build my church. And he also said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Satan's going to try. But it will not change. How many churches did Christ establish? Hold up a finger that shows you how many he did. Just one. One church at singular. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verse number 1. We're talking about sound doctrine. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse number 1. And again this is the last chapter that, Peter, uh, that Paul wrote. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the living, the quick and the dead is appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word singular. Be instant, constant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Why? For the time will come when they shall not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Is that not exactly what fills the world today? I pulled out the yellow pages of the Chattanooga Telephone Directory this past week. And under churches... I found more than 100 different names of churches. Now, I'm not talking about just the denomination. Go through, 
look in your yellow pages and look at some of the names that people call their churches. It's becoming, if I can say, foolish and absurd. The world is full of denominations. What does it mean to denominate? It means to name. In mathematics, you have a, a fractions, a numerator and a denominator. The number on the top is a numerator. The number on the bottom, a two or a four or a three or whatever it will be, is the denomination. It denominates. You have a quarter of a dollar, or you have a half of a dollar. But the dollar is the denominator. It's the name of it. But you see, the world has changed that word, the, the idea of denomination, to religions within a group having their own system of doctrine and teaching and organization. Well, I think it'd be nice for us to have a piano. Oh, wouldn't it be nice to say we don't have to sing? We'll just let the choir sing for us. And we have that minister that wears this long robe and this, he is so pious and so rich. We call him Father. Folks, I don't mean to make fun. But we have a Father. He is in heaven. He is the Almighty God. That Father had a Son. We call him Jesus. The Savior of our sins. Any man or group of men who would, appoint, would want to place themselves in that position surely are blaspheming the very word of God, are they not? When we talk about denominations, that's a different name, isn't it? This church, that church, that church, that church, and on and on the names go. What they do is they teach partly from the Bible, but partly from what they want to teach and what they want to practice and what they want to believe. And that's why we see the religious confusion in the world that we see today. Jesus said the time, Paul said the time would come when people would heap themselves teachers having itching ears. Concept of curiosity that leads to a lot of interesting and spicy bits of information, doesn't it? Let's have a feel-good religion. Itching ears. You have a puppy dog. Does he like to, for you to rub his ears? He'll lay there and roll over and tell me that you do it all day long, won't he? He enjoys the itching ears. It makes him feel good. Come on, rub me some more. I love it. All day long you can sit there. Our son and daughter and I have a dog and I go, we go over there occasionally and as soon as he sees me he comes and lays down right beside me because he knows what I'm going to do. I'm going to rub his ears and then sit down and rub his tummy. He loves it. He'll stay there all day long. It makes him feel good. That's why people have their own ideas of religion. Well, this idea of having to give money to the church, I'd rather have the money myself. You mean I've got to let my body get wet in order to be saved? Why can't I just open my heart and receive Jesus as my personal Savior? Oh, uh, I've looked three or four times, thousands of times in there, and I can't find that in the book, can you? And I don't mean to be crude. But you see, the church is founded, founded on the rock of Jesus Christ and His Word. And we will continue to preach sound doctrine. You see, when we start teaching other doctrines, then we can come up with anything we want to think of, can't we? We can add our own thoughts, ideas, and concepts and call that the church. Look with me in verse number four there. It's already happened, has it? 
They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. You see what happens when you get those itching ears? You can go anywhere you want to go. But in so doing, you have turned away from the sound principles of the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Look back with me for one moment in verse number 2. Preach the word. Be instant. The New King James says be instant. Be ready anytime, every time you have the opportunity. Ready to teach God's word at any opportunity you have in your life. To show men that it's God's word, not man's word. We will use sound doctrine. Point number four in our lesson this morning. A sound Christian will be sound in his faith. Turn me to Titus chapter 2, verse number 1. Titus chapter 2, verse number 1. There Paul says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, and in patience. Faith that is sound is solid. It is fixed. Set on God's complete perfect word. Look back a few verses. Titus chapter 1 verse number 9. Hold fast the faithful word as he hath taught been taught. That he may be able to by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gain slayers. As God's child, I have all the confidence and assurance that I need in His perfect eternal Word. Therefore, I will believe it, I will trust it, I will practice it and live it every day in my life. I will not let Satan, nor any man-made creed or doctrine, nor any fantastic type of theology Lead me away from this soundness of God's word. I will not let Satan, I will not let anything or anybody pull me away from my faith in Christ. You see, if you're a child of God, that's the confession you made before you were baptized. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Surely, O Job said it best in Job chapter 13, verse number 15. He said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. We've sung that song, On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Why would I want to put my eternal soul in jeopardy? By following what some theologian has told me that is different from what God has told me. Who am I to think that I'm smarter than God? You talk about sacrilege. That's sacrilege. Well, God, what you should have said here, or what you really meant to think, say, I think, surely that's folly. When we were baptized, if you're a Christian, you rose from that watery grave, saved from your sin, dedicating yourself to live your life 
in God's way, following His will every day of your life. Just like when Sylvia and I were married more than 50 years ago, we promised to love and cherish and honor one another till death do us part. We will let nothing stand against that. When I was baptized as a child of God, I came out of that water a new creature born into God's family. And I must continually every day challenge myself. I don't want to leave that family. I want to stay right where I am until I take my last breath. I will be sound in my faith. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the dollars and cents have to say. I don't care what the politicians say or the teachers have to say. I will follow the Word of God. A sound Christian will live for God all day, every day, until His final day. Do you fit in that category today? Are you doing that? I challenge all of us to be sound in our lives following the will of God. As we stand to sing the song that's been announced as a song of invitation, if your life is not yet right with God, if you've not been saved from your sins, that's why Jesus came to die on the cross for you. You believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, repent of your sins, confess His deity, meaning His cleansing blood in that watery grave of baptism, rising to walk a new life, God's child, sound, godly living till the day you die. Or if you've done those things in times past but wondered away, come back home, brother and sister. Repent of those sins, confess them. We'll pray for your forgiveness. If may assist you in doing that, let me know my camera in front of us together we stand and sing the song.